Hello and welcome to the Ravens, a Stranger Things podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And tonight's mystery to solve is season one, episode one, The Vanishing of Will Byers. So welcome to the Ravens, a Stranger Things podcast, where as always 10.30 at night, it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's mystery to solve is season one, episode one, The Vanishing of Will Fires Dom. We're here, we're starting a focused Stranger Things podcast. By focused, I mean tangent free. For people that already know, we do... A One Tree Hill podcast that can span, expand over three, three and a half hours. And it's kind of our, a, a community chat that touches on One Tree Hill, but <laughs> is more just a, a general weekly discussion. Whereas this is going to be a focused conversation, just you and I on Stranger Things. How are you? And please let us know of your history with the TV show Stranger Things. I'm very well, thank you. Excited for this podcast. Um, I first started watching Stranger Things when it was obviously first released on Netflix. Um, And I watched each season that's been released up until season four. So I haven't watched season four yet. However, I have started a rewatch and I'm doing pretty well with my rewatch. So anyone who's listening to this (laughs) that listens to our other podcast knows that I can binge like a king. And I started on... So today is Wednesday. I started watching again on Saturday and I'm already halfway through season three. (laughs) (laughs) Which, to put it into context, I started a rewatch also of Stranger Things um, about two weeks ago (laughs) and I just finished season two. (laughs) So (laughs) So am I I ahead of you now? You're ahead of me already. already on the rewatch that's nice. so funny i finished uh i've been watching it at the end of the night so like when f goes to sleep i'm watching it with headphones like tvs are so wonderful now aren't they that you can bluetooth your headphones to them so good i, I just i couldn't go to sleep because the end of season two is so magical like it's so good like i just like, honestly I, I, like a perfect ending of a season but we're way, 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 way far off from that. We're here to talk about season one, episode one. But back to your history of it. So you, this, you've only rewatched it once. Mm-hmm. So this is your second time through. So third time through for the podcast that we're recording now. I do actually have something to show you, if I can show you yeah. very quickly. I just need to run and get it. But I've had this for years. Okay. And I, just, I, need, I think you'll like it. Oh, excellent. Well... I'm going to guess while he's getting what it's going to be. Would it be a Stranger Things hoodie? I reckon it could be a hoodie or a t-shirt. What has he got? You're correct with t-shirt. I've had this for years. I've never I don't like the neck on it because it's like, it's really loose for some reason. I've had this for such a long time and never worn it. Ah, that's cool. It's, uh... Well, to, to describe it, then it's the uh, it's the main four boys in their Ghostbusters outfit with little Dart, the Demo Demogorgon, Gorgon, Gorgon, Demogorgon, Gun. <laughs> uh, but what style would you say? It's sort of like that sort of animated cartoon style. Yeah, they used to have a. It used to be like a brand name sort of thing that used to do pictures like this, but I can't remember what they were called. Anyway, I thought I'd show you that. It's something that I've had for a long time. And I only thought of it recently. So there you go. Very cool. I'm all about that. I I recently invested into two, two Stranger Things hoodies. (laughs) (laughs) One one white, one black. Um, And I've got the hat from season three, which... uh, it was like a, Le- a proper Levi's one. So Levi's did a collaboration with... So it's like an official Stranger Things hat. And uh, I got... It was in an actual auction like oh, to wow. get it because they were like hard to get. And uh, I paid way too much money for it. Like <laughs> money that like you'd be disgusted with me for. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Okay. 
We'll, we'll I come got on. so caught. We will get to it. We'll, we'll come on to that to another it. time. <laughs> it holds its value, though. Like, it's still worth a lot. Probably not anymore because it's got my sweat in it because I've worn it a lot. We're doing the exact opposite of what we said we weren't going to do. We are going to be focused. Okay. So, you're re-watching now. Good. Okay, same my history with it was I watched it when it came out, like everybody else. I've only ever watched it with Ethne. I've never watched it with anyone else. Why would I? Uh, to be honest, I, I, that's the only person I watch things with. Uh, but it's kind of a very much, it's like a, it's our show. Like when it comes out, we would always watch it together. It's not something we'd ever watch separately. We both love it. It's nostalgic with but but also being current it's obviously influenced by movies that we love i'm saying we as in you and i and me and f now in terms of you know et stand by me uh you know jaws uh there's even jurassic park type elements in the second season like it touches on you know all these things that were in our childhood to age us dom i hope you don't mind we were both born in 1987 so this is just before our time but we both have you know older siblings which would have been more within their kind of period uh but so these kind of elements like you know these old sort of tv sets and bits of technology and ataris and things were still around when we were kids but we kind of already knew that it had come before us yeah there's uh, i mean i love the nostalgic element of this uh show and how they've even made it like it was an 80s program sort of thing. It's, it's very clever how they've put it together. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the first year of this show is set in 1983. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly the year my brother was born. So he's a bit older, obviously. And um, just all the stuff that's coming out of it, the, the fashion, um, the hairstyles, just everything. Cause you can see that kind of post seventies, the world is moving on We're you know, we're trying to be a bit more technology focused and there, there's all these, you know, games consoles and all these bits that spilled into the nineties as well, which we, you know, fondly remember. Yeah. And like things like the, you know, like the Casio watches that would have the little calculator on, you know, all them kind of, yeah, we're, we're super advanced in the, in the like early to mid eighties. This, uh, the, all of this is coming back because of this show pretty much mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the, mo- the most recent number one is Kate Bush is running up the hill, which was released 37 years ago and has only just got to number one now because of season four of this program which upsets me a little bit because in season one particularly in this episode it's very um uh should i stay or should i go by the clash is very sort of prominent in this whole season Mm -hmm. and in season two didn't make it to number one because of this show so i think people should go back and re-listen re-watch and and get it to number one it's a great song i i'm sure a lot of people are like we are doing re-watching i mean we're coming at coming at it from different angles f and i watched the latest season and then it was just it was so good i had to go back to the beginning where you're kind of gone back to the beginning to catch up to then get get into season four it's it's a strange phenomenon in that um this show what's well, not strange but it's it's continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger like we've with the Netflix audience or with the audience in general. And uh, some people, it can have that effect where because it's so popular, they don't want to watch it. Like they Mm. kind of will naysay on it just because it's popular. And I really hate that. Like sometimes things are just popular because they're awesome. And it's like, it's just accept it. Like give it its flowers. Um, Like a, a previous friend group that, I am no longer friends with. I remember at that point of sort of beginning of separation, none of them, none of them would like it or watched it or would give it any credit because they were just because it was popular. And I really hate that phenomenon. I don't, I don't know. Is there an actual term for that? Douchebaggery. <laughs> there, we, there it is. <laughs> you found it. Yeah. <laughs> Pluck that out of somewhere. <laughs> But it's like it's so good and popular for a reason. Um, I mean, there, there, there can be people can 
uh, try and detract from it, saying that it steals from things, you know, Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, etc. I don't think it does that at all. I think it purposefully is paying homage to it, but, but still doing it within its own style from the Duffer brothers that, that create it and produce it. It's their style, but they're openly saying that they're inspired and appreciate you know steven spielberg stephen king etc i mean what what do you think yeah i mean you understand you can understand and appreciate the influences they're making a show that's based in the 80s so there's going to be a lot of references to you know things that are going on at that time and things that were just before so star wars is mentioned quite a lot and because it was massive and it was huge and you know you've had um I think all three of the main of the films are out by that at that point. So why wouldn't they talk about it? These kids are going to love it. You know, they've got a Millennium Falcon, you know, and yeah. all sorts. So um and just in terms of how people film things nowadays, everybody's influenced by something or by someone. And I think it would be almost sort of negligent of them not to pay homage to you know, great directors in this day and age, you know, specifically Spielberg, who's made films that are similar to this, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, it's, it, it's all very sort of touching that sort of area, isn't it? It's that science fiction and that fantasy that these great directors have already created these worlds and produced. So they're just expanding on that, really. And And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go, thanks very much, Mr. Spielberg. Thanks very much, you know, Mr. Lucas. We're going to tip our hat to you but we're going to kind of do our own thing on it as well and put our own spin mm-hmm. so yeah why not i like it i think it's good for sure and of course uh the goonies which isn't a spielberg film but i think he he helped with the i think he might have produced it or he he had a hand in some of it um but with in that same kind of vein well let's uh let's talk about the this episode i wanted to do it a little bit differently and I hope this isn't putting you on the spot too much, but I figure what if you, who is a master, master of synopsis, gave us a general synopsis of the entire episode, um, you know, more of the broad strokes, and then we can just talk about some of the individual characters and more about how we uh, in, how we interpret them and how we enjoy them rather than necessarily going through every single strand of the storyline. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think I need to be very careful because I don't want to cross over into other episodes by accident. Well, should we make... What are we thinking right now? Because we haven't really discussed this too much. I think we both... <laughs> I mean, I was excited re-watching Stranger Things and was like, I just have to... I have talk to talk about to it. Dominic about this at length and in detail, but focused. And then you've sparked into your rewatch, and obviously you're equally as excited, but we haven't really spoken about the structure of this. Are we going to keep this spoiler free or are we going to talk spoilers? Talk spoilers? Because think- part of a rewatch is I want to work out, you'll see in season four, things start making more sense. Mm. <laughs> and I want to talk about them things. Yeah, I, I think spoilers is fine because it, it, we'll put a warning out, you, you know, that there's there's going to be spoilers in this in in this podcast because you know that's what we want to talk about we want to talk about things that that come in the future as well and i haven't seen season four so i have no idea what's going to happen i don't mind if you you know mention something no, accidentally I, cross I into that and i know you wouldn't but it, it's not going to bother me massively if you did you know not like our uh, one tree hill podcast which would just ruin my life but um <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm quite happy to talk you know quite spoiler happy to be fair why don't we do then are you gonna are you gonna watch through season four as well right yeah so why don't we just i'll just keep you spoiler free up to the point that you're at so i won't talk about season four until you get to season four and Mm -hmm. then we can talk about it so that probably means only this episode because by next week you would have seen season four (laughs) (laughs) probably yes (laughs) excellent okay so we're going to talk spoilers so um, and we'd assume that you've watched stranger things by this point anyway um but yeah okay so yeah let us know tell us about this episode and then we'll talk about some of the characters afterwards well we meet the 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 four young lads don't we playing dungeons and dragons which you know has also exploded 
I've noticed, or, or at least the mentions of it and people playing it now. I have a friend who plays it now, and I'm not sure he's watched Stranger Things, but I think he's fallen into a group of people that have watched it and started playing it, so he started playing it. Um, but the the four young lads are, are there, they're playing their game, and they're, they're on this mega campaign. And uh, it's Mike who's kind of leading it. Uh, I don't know whether they're called a dungeon master or, or what. I'm pretty sure they are. And yep. um, he basically is setting up the campaign um, and pulls out basically the, the, the monsters and, and constructs the game as, as he goes. It's, it's storytelling. So he's obviously a very good storyteller. And he pulls out the, 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 the other three lads are like panicking. It's going to be the Demogorgon. It's going to be the Demogorgon. And they're like, no, it isn't. It isn't. It isn't. It's going to be something else. And he pulls out the Demogorgon and it's like terrifying kind of news for them because, you know, they, they fall into this world. They, they, they sort of embody that reality. Uh, which is really nice. It's quite, it's quite a nice thing that, that they do that. And I'm sure other people that play Dungeons and Dragons do it, you, you know, just, just as fantastically as they do. And you know that that game, when you on a rewatch, is, plays out the whole season of season one. Like mm. what happens in the game is what happens in... I, I know it's like a, a straightforward analogy, but to layer that in in the initial episode, I think is brilliant. Like the way it's written, I mean... And not to jump ahead and we will talk about it when we get there but there's something that gets paid off in the last episode of season two that is set up in this episode in the pilot episode like but it gets paid off like it's so well and tightly written it's a top five show for me dom it's knocked prison break out Ooh, i mean i, it is I, th- prison break I think that's fair enough i think that makes that makes sense there's only so many times you can escape from prison isn't there prison break is also so good i'm sorry i'm sorry michael schofield sorry continue um anyway they're playing the game it it comes to the end of the game um and it's time for will buyers to to go home it's time for all of them to go home so they they get on their bikes they're quite famous for their bikes they're like sort of chopper bikes aren't they which are which are pretty cool um very 80s uh and they're they're all cycling home they're all going their separate ways and you can tell that they've got a really strong friendship and strong bond they're, they'd kind of fit in the geeky character kind of base wouldn't they um which is perfect I, I think that's brilliant and i think you know as much as we weren't like that we're probably more like that now you, you know us too yeah <laughs> if we were if we were to you know, i think you sent me a message the other day and said if i think we're these two characters was it was it um dustin and lucas i can't remember who it was now i think you're thinking about west ham players because i want to talk to you about that later i've got i have an idea of who i think we would die who we would be but i'm interested to see if they would match up to what you think you sent me a, a picture a screenshot of two stranger things characters and Did said, I? yeah, and you said, I think we're like these two. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Hopper and you're 11 or something like that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I can't remember who that was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so they're, they're really, they're all good mates. They're all going off. Um, and Will uh, is cycling home eventually on his own and comes across something um, a, a bit unworldly. And uh, everybody in this show <laughs> describes it as a bear, but it's not a bear. This is something yeah. that is from another plane, another dimension. And the lads, the boys describe it as the Demogorgon. The Demogorgon is real and it's come for them. And Will um, tries to escape it. He does his very best to, to, to run away from it. Uh, and then he vanishes. And then the, the pretty much as we meet all the characters, the, the episode is about what's happened to will where's he gone uh we meet his mum uh played by winona Ryder, who i think does a fantastic job and is the first name on the credits which i think is a big thing i think that's a really well, really big thing well she to my knowledge and forgive me if i'm wrong um but she in the season one anyway she's the she's the only real notable name i know now we all know who they are yeah. and maybe david harbour who plays hopper might have had things before but this is certainly why i was introduced to him as but i think she was the only one really bringing in that kind of weight i can't remember what i was watching i saw david harbour in a film recently and he's quite young in it and he plays a, like a, a bent copper basically anyway, i love him he's good he's, he's married so to lily much. allen isn't he 
I know. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so random. Yeah, anyway, he's great. So Will has disappeared. We don't know where Will has gone. Uh, Joyce, apologies for getting the name wrong. I don't know where that came from. Is doing absolutely everything she can and, and is panicking, trying to find him, uh, and obviously gets the police involved. Hopper, who is a bit of a, I don't know, downtrodden character, troubled, troubled. Yeah, he's. It's difficult. He's struggling to to cope. You know, I think he's bored with this sort of suburban life, really. Because he, but he's also recovering from the, the the loss of a child, isn't he? You know, which we find mm-hmm. out later on, obviously. But you know, so there's the first major spoiler, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's you know that's kind of his storyline. Um, but he, I think he's known as this kind of chief of police that had this big city cop hit life, and mm-hmm. and when it all sort of crumbled, he went back to Hawkins, his you know his old hometown, and just became the chief of police, and is just bored of you know going to people's farms and investigating why their pumpkins are fucked. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this. They they live in a town where quote unquote nothing ever happens mm. you know it's like a a safe town in indiana and yeah he he's the kind of guy that is brushing his teeth and then drinking a beer and having a cigarette kind of thing the smoking is really getting to me <laughs> because everyone is like smoking but they're like well, i can you can you can almost taste it like he smokes camels and even when he gives one to Joyce, she's like, like it's so strong, but she smokes con- con- continuously throughout every season so far. He does, He's always got a fag in his mouth. I mean, ev- <laughs> everyone else is just lighting up inside here, there and everywhere. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like I can't get over how much they all smoke. It's crazy. I, I mean, <laughs> my parents were smoking 20 a day in the eighties. Mm. In, in the nineties, like growing up, my parents would be smoking in bed. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? My parents like as well. Like it's different time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just crazy. Anyway, um, anyway, so Will has disappeared. We we know as you know, watchers and previous watchers that he's ended up in the Upside Down, which later gets referred to as the Upside Down, kind of like a almost like a mirror dimension of evilness and nastiness. A topsy turvy, you could say. That's Almost. what we would. That's what we would prefer to it as the topsy turvy world. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh- <laughs> get me a hoodie and get me Craig Shepherd. I want it now. <laughs> um, all the all the, in the all the while this is happening, uh, we we kind of meet Eleven and uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who is you know this kind of shaved head i don't really understand like no like she has these powers these telekinetic powers that are just a lot lot of what what you're gonna get is answers to a lot of these questions in season four so i'm not gonna say anything but answers are coming i'll know Um, by the end of the week so (laughs) you'll know yeah in a couple days you'll know but we could just say at this point that there is nefarious activity happening in the lab in hawkins um experiments things on kids with shaved heads and they don't have names they're numbered yeah the 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 department of energy in air quotes there is what they're called um and i think somebody uh at some point describes the department of energy as you know that no they're not like there to you know, produce energy for the town or anything. They're there to kind of spy on what the Russians are doing and make sure that, you know, we've got the right weapons to, to handle that and defences, etc. Um, which I kind of think that sort of ticks off that explanation of what the Department of Energy really are. And they have their own building in, in Hawkins and they're just sort of outside the, the main town. And this is where um, you sort of go down in the basement and um, Eleven is kind of, locked up essentially she's in like a a small little prison uh and then there's just you see just all sorts of like flashbacks and and the moments of her you you know essentially it feels like abuse doesn't it where she gets thrown into a cupboard Uh, when she gets thrown into this cupboard this is when she sort of like snaps and necks and stuff and all these wonderful things happen because she uses her her powers uh, her mystical powers that 
from this episode. We don't know how she's got or where she's got them from, whether they're engineered in such a way or whether they're sort of born with these talents and these talents are then exploited by Papa. 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 But Eleven escapes. Eleven manages to get out and she runs away. Um, And kind of her first encounter with um, people that, especially one person that's nice to her, is in this cafe, right? Or this kind of bar, cafe kind of thing? Benny's, yeah. Is Benny's like diner. Now, Benny is a big character, one of the main characters in This Is Us. So what happens to him is painful because it's like he's a beloved character in this oh, right. so do you kind of associate yourself looking at him as if he's the character from this other show it's hard not to because he's kind of playing the same sensibilities as he's just a really nice guy and he's a nice guy in this i i think in um in this in stranger things to begin with you sort of see him and he's kind of like a big guy and shaved head and whatever and you think oh no he's like his you'd instantly think he's gonna be mean, you know, or antagonistic, which obviously he's not. He's lovely and trying to help her and ends up paying the ultimate price for it. Yeah. Unfortunately he phones what he thinks is, you know, child services. I think he does phone child services, but every every phone conversation is being uh listened to by you know, the Department of Energy or whatever department they are, and they send one of their agents to collect 11 and um as in part the, as part of the process there uh, unfortunately benny is shot and killed and it's made to look like a, a suicide kind of like, i think they made it look like like a veteran kind of gone crazy and just had enough with life um, mm-hmm. which you know you can understand for that time of year you know a, a lot of people uh coming out of the the vietnam war you know not coping with it really struggling you know and then just take their own life so they they really i think they played up to that uh, and quite well um and didn't make too much of a, a thing of it as well it's just kind of let's quickly move on because it's about 11 and um you know 11 only went there to kind of take some food she encounters you know chips fries for the first time and <laughs> yeah. uh you know he benny gives her a burger and says, you know, you can eat the rest of the burger if you kind of give me a little bit of information. I kind of need to know a bit about you. So like, I'm Benny. She introduces herself as 11. But we have to remember that she can't really talk. She doesn't really know many words. She knows, knows a few and the rest of it is all mind power. So, you know, she struggles to communicate and um, also struggles to understand kindness because I guess she's not really come across that much um, mm-hmm. before. She's only really been exploited um so to have someone say you can have the rest of this burger but i just need some information from you i guess is a bit you know tricky for her at first it's just you know you're putting me in a situation where i have to do something for the food and and that's all she's ever known is i have to do something for the next stage you know crush mm-hmm. that can spy on that russian do this do that for us you know um yeah and, uh, you know, Benny's just super nice guy, but unfortunately, yeah, m- you know, meets his maker when this horrible, horrible agent turns up and shoots him. Um, by this point, Eleven has, has escaped and she does eventually meet, um, Will and the, and the, the boys and not Will, not Mike, Will. I'm so the, sorry, I'm the so others, confused. Definitely not the Will. Yeah. Definitely not Will because <laughs> Will was well. She actually doesn't meet Will until like season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So like the end of season two as well. Yeah, there's just like a big, big gap. She actually really doesn't meet Will for such a long time. Which is ironic because in real life, Millie Bobby Brown and Noah Schnapp, I think is how you pronounce his last name, are like be- are best friends. Yeah, so. they're really, really good, really good mates, aren't they? Yeah. Um, sorry, she, she meets Mike and the lads and um, it then becomes a, a, a kind of tale of two kind of, like exercises for for the boys because they're desperately trying to find their their best friend who's gone missing and and they kind of have figured out kind of what's going on on the back of 11 turning up so uh, but they also know that they need to keep 11 hidden and secret even at a point from their own family because you know they're going to be in trouble and it's 11 that puts the the finger gun to their head and mm-hmm. you know that's that's the dangerous that you know spelling out that the, 
dangerous things will happen if you find out because the whole plan was to ask 11 in the morning what you're going to do is you're going to go out you're going to knock on the front door say you're lost or whatever to my mom my mom will know what to do and 11 sort of spells out without using words you know actually that's not a good idea because people will come for us and yeah scary times well and i think it like it, they don't connect the dots for a while that actually will vanishing and 11 appearing are connected to begin with it's like they're they've they've gone out looking for will and they've found 11 but they're not they don't necessarily know that they're because i mean later we find out that it was 11 that caused the demogorgon to be able to come through the gate like she opens the gate by touching it in the like black telepathic what are we going to call that you know when she goes into putting the blindfold on and goes into sort of telepathic telekinesis mode we need yeah. a word for that and they're like nearly ankle deep in water every time yeah really, but, but wet shoes so many wet shoes so this, many wet shoes so, so many it's, wet it's, shoes. it's very max Payne like do you remember the video game max Payne? he yeah. used to do that yeah. and there was that terrifying terrifying level where you had to like be running around and there was just like a baby crying do you remember yeah horrible is it, is it in an apartment building as well yeah trying to, like get so, out of the building that's oh, horrible it's like i just want to do bullet time in slow motion yeah just then. <laughs> yeah which was from the matrix this there's no such thing as an original idea okay yeah. <laughs> this podcast is not an original idea there are millions others you know that we all take it we take inspiration from as well mm-hmm. uh, but we do need a term for that maybe that could be our topsy-turvy or something no topsy-turvy is too good for upside down it's like it's like her channel isn't it this is the i can see what's going on and i can sometimes communicate with people but she can mostly just kind of see what's happening she'll call it vision she'll call it vision envision she's envision is yeah. vision a good word for it telepathic envisioning sure <laughs> we'll work on that <laughs> t-e t <laughs> we'll work on it blindfold vision something but yeah um Okay, well, I think that was a perfect synopsis. Thank you. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about some of the characters and as we've been introduced to them, and then you know, like our thoughts. So let let's start with Eleven, Millie Bobby Brown. I mean, I I don't think it's too much of a I what's the word? I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say that she's phenomenal in in this like in terms of how she's giving this performance she doesn't have much on the paper to be able to give she's giving like one word responses or facial expressions and all of the young actors are phenomenal um so it's like it's it's not even like she necessarily stands out as amazing because they're all at a really high level um but she is really really good i mean what what do you think am i exaggerating no, not at all. I think you you've sort of hit the nail on the head. They're they're all brilliant, and the casting is just fantastic. I think it's Carmen Cuba that does the casting for the show, and it, it's just brilliant. Um, but to be able to sort of portray everything that you want to portray without using words, you, you know, you you've got to be you've got to be able to do something pretty special. And yeah, Millie Bobby Brown sort of hits the nail on the head and actually sometimes like the later on we get when she is talking (laughs) you sort of think i kind of miss it when she was just screaming and like smashing (laughs) shit up with her mind you know um but she's got yeah she's she's just got kind of got that perfect ability to be able to to demonstrate fear anxiety anger and then flip it to uh, you know surprise and safety and all all without using words and it's brilliant so well done yeah i mean even in later episodes some of the wonderment of her enjoying like the lazy boy chair for the first time and Mm. reclining back like just playing that kind of enjoyment of the little things that we kind of take for granted when we're not being shoved into a solitary confinement by papa you know what I really hope is that a lot of this stuff was new to Eleven because she's just used to, yeah, exactly being in solitary, locked in a 
in a box but I'm really hoping that a lot of the 80s things are new to her as well so it is like genuine surprise because there's certain things that she just wouldn't have known because she's a 2000 and something kid you know right. the same as the rest of them so all of this 80 stuff is going to be pretty new so it'd be nice mm-hmm. if there's things in there that are thrown in and she's like genuine surprise because she would never have seen it because you know it doesn't exist anymore yeah yeah for sure i i know i heard somewhere i read somewhere that the, the cast like were mandated to watch stand by me et the goonies and these things before because they wanted that sense of uh camaraderie and connection mm. um which i think is really important because to talk about because i mean we'll get we'll get to the other characters but there is a certain amount of wish fulfillment here in that we didn't people you didn't have these friend groups as kids like as in like we we'd like to think so i mean i have an example you and i actually trying to big start our own party as they like to call it but it was a party of two but we'll get to that but you know to have friends that they're also so sort of switched on and intelligent and uh like they have the sort of party rules to their group i mean what, what i was alluding to is when we were kids i don't know how old do you think we might have been maybe like eight or nine we 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 started and devised our own group called Wheels. Wheels, yeah. I'll never forget Wheels. I think Would you we, like we talk to us about Wheels. It's like eight, eight to, to 12, kind of that range. Yeah. How old are we saying these kids are? About 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They're in middle school, so whatever middle school is. Yeah, I think middle school goes... I know high school in America is 14 to 18. So I'm guessing middle schools maybe like, I don't know, 12 10 to 14, 14 12, oh, yeah. 40, yeah, something like that. So yeah, problem, okay. Problem with being British and watching American shows is <laughs> some <laughs> of the cultural elements we don't get. <laughs> well, tell, tell us the history or how you remember Wheels because I don't think we've ever spoken about the history in present day. I'm pretty sure it was to do with skateboards initially but you had rollerblades Mm -hmm. as well and you sort of quite like the idea of getting into rollerblading and i quite like the idea of skateboarding whilst you were rollerblading even though i couldn't skateboard so we were going together we were together down your street Mm -hmm. parsonage road was it Parsonage Road, yeah. Good times, very good times on that road. And um, the whole idea was let's kind of create a, not a gang, gang's not quite the right word, but a collective, a group, uh, a, a something. Party. A party, exactly, that, that that had a name and its name was Wheels because we used wheels to get around. We were on wheels. Exactly. We, yeah. And it just made sense. It made so much sense, didn't it? It really did. And and what I remember was down the road. So I lived in a cul-de-sac. So it was just a road, you know, a road that went to nowhere. And there were little, little, I can't even call them alleyways because alleyways sound nefarious by nature, but just little bits where people's garden gates were that were off the road a little bit. And I remember us going down one, you know, on our wheels, probably, or probably walking, me holding my roller blades and you holding a skateboard. Um, And us drawing the wheels logo that we had made into like the moss that was within somebody's wooden garden gate <laughs> and uh like it wasn't permanent we like made it with like our hat fingers or something you could just wipe it off but uh and i remember it was like a circle maybe derivative of the peace sign even um and it was just wheels i think the only problem with wheels is it, it it never expanded beyond the two of us. And this is what I'm saying for the wish fulfillment is that, uh, like that, that is the realistic version of what is happening in stranger things, you know, is, uh, we all wish that we had a group like that, that was all set up and everything when we were kids. And as adults, we can look at it nostalgically and, uh, imagine if we did, do you, you, you get what I'm saying? Are you with me or am I speaking gibberish? <laughs> so you want to to re 
form wheels and have more people involved is that what you're saying that is what that is basically what this podcast is (laughs) (laughs) we should be calling it wheels no but but what i mean is is when okay when you watch this um are you imagining that this is you know if you were as a you were a kid and you're part of the party it's like you feel like you're part of the group but you know that obviously that wasn't the case when we were kids. Like we had friends and would go and play football and stuff, but we weren't out there solving mysteries, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I guess from the, the kind of fantasy point of view, you want to be involved, don't you? So you kind of imagine yourself as one of them or being like part of the group. Um, but I, I, I can also sort of disassociate and just watch for watching as well so um i guess maybe because we didn't like my closest friend in the world was you and i wanted to spend all my time with you and i wasn't really fussed by anyone else so um it didn't really matter to me if we had a <laughs> yeah it didn't really matter to me if we had other people to play games with or anything like that because actually we had just as much a good time i say playing with each other but <laughs> we'll leave that there <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the cord. well, you're <laughs> oh, the cord. <laughs> oh, never no, explain it. I never ever want that explained. That's never, fine. ever, ever, ever. Right, no, back I, to the, I won't. Back to, back I won't. to change your things, not even to Ethany. I won't. Um, yeah, the well, no, I agree. Uh, that the um, when we were kids, it was just about you and me, and when um, like I remember we used to play in uh, in my garden. And we would play like three ninjas and we would be acting it out and imagining, you know, or we'd be playing Ghostbusters or Turtles or whatever, but it was always just you and me. So mm. I guess what I'm saying to you, Dom, is you are my Stranger Things, okay? <laughs> we are, Wheels is my Stranger Things and they're memories that I'll, I'll cherish forever because that, when I think of that stuff, genuinely it just makes me feel warm it's like that they're just good childhood wholesome memories mm. um so yeah i so appreciate to, it oh uh, me too man i feel exactly the same to to bring it back to to the these four lads then as you're watching it which one do you associate with and which one do you think you are well as you know i for me to buy into a show fully i have to i have to identify i have to see my voice in the show and i asked Ephany, and she you know unequivocally said that i would be will and be the one that gets kidnapped <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fair. But I think also when he develops, he is a sensitive kid and I definitely was a sensitive kid and am a sensitive uh, man. Uh, But I also, like the older me, the sort of teenage me, uh, identifies quite a lot of Jonathan um, as he's kind of a bit, he's in the shadows in school a little bit and disassociated. Um, And then uh, I can't, tell you because it's spoiler but things i i I kind of follow his trajectory into season four as well right uh, into some into some of the more things that maybe not necessarily as proud of or uh you know maybe slight elements of steve as well but maybe the bits of steve that we didn't like you know could represent some of the you know it's funny you say all that because i i would have pegged you as a little bit more like mike i i thought you'd say that because my final bit was me now as how i am now i could imagine maybe being more associated to him because he's a little bit more of like a not like a leader but but more of like a i think that's exactly what he is i think he is i think he is pretty much the leader of them but i i i think that you've got the the kind of same sort of sensibilities and drive and ambition and sort of push and and influence that is kind of portrayed in this character if that makes sense i'm hopping 100 yeah, right. smoking well, drinking <laughs> well, living, living I was, a miserable life <laughs> I, was, I i actually peg you as an in-between of lucas and i say lucas because um which is funny because ironically i only just and she only just twigged it. This the Luke. His name's Lucas, and obviously Lucas. we Lucas Scott from One Tree Hill. But Lucas, um, because 
when Eleven's there, he's just like, what are you doing? She's a weirdo. We've got to go and get Will. And that's you. (laughs) (laughs) That is 100% you. When he's really pissed off with her with the compass thing as well. (laughs) Yeah. He's just having none of it. But, But then also... You have uh, you have dusting elements to him as well. Apart, like he's just he's hilarious and lovable, <laughs> um, and I love the way that he speaks. Dustin speaks with his mum. You know the way he kind of finesses her and like, hey, I love you. Okay, I want to go. You know, um, I see that as well. And what's crazy, um, and I know you haven't um, seen uh, my son in person for a little while. But he pretty much looks like uh, the actor, is it Gatton or Gaten? I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name, who plays Dustin. Mm. He, they, they look like they're brothers. Like as in, I'm not joking, like his hair is incredibly similar. His skin tone is quite similar. Like I'm not sure if in real life um, he is of mixed heritage maybe. Um but like his eye shape, his eye color is like he looks very similar. I'll send you a side by side picture later because I showed it to every every person I've showed it to so far, which is only Ethne and my dad. But they've both been like, "Yeah, it's crazy." Like they actually <laughs> look like they could be. So now I'm looking at him, and he looks like my son. And then I think, but he also reminds me of Dominic. It's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things. Well, who who's your favorite character? Do you know what? I actually really like Joyce. <laughs> I think she's actually just like got her shit together, really. I mean, she's a bit of a mess, but when she starts figuring out that weird stuff's happening in the world and that things aren't exactly as black and white as we always thought, she's really like kind of with it, isn't she? And she's just like, mm-hmm. I just want my fucking son back and we're going to go into this shithole upside down crazy world and we're going to go and get him. And I, I really like that. I do really like Hopper. Um, but I like all the kids as well. So it's really difficult to pick one. Um, Will, you kind of, I kind of like don't connect with, I guess, because he's not really, you only hear him through the telephone breathing or see him for a wall sort of briefly in season one. You don't really see much of him. Um, I, I do like Mike, actually. I, I quite enjoy Mike as a character. He's very good. Um yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to pick them out. You've got, you've just got, it's kind of like our other podcasts in that you've got the adults and the kids and you just kind of, you kind of pick a favourite from each. So yeah, it's difficult. And Steve is so good. I love mm. Steve, like, especially the way his character develops. Yeah, season uh, three, he's, he's great, I think. Yeah, and, uh, well, I'm not there yet. I'm just about to rekindle rekindle my Steve love. Uh, the the way that Winona Ryder plays it is so good. It really reminds me of, like, I feel like this is how my mum would react if, um, if I had been kidnapped. Like, as in, like you said, she's so focused, putting up all the lights. She just doesn't give a shit about her house doesn't yeah. care about any of this stuff it's just complete as, as you would be it's just completely focused on getting her son back i think the show overall is just it's so relatable i think everyone can find a voice within it and i think that is really important because when people can identify or feel like they're represented in in something you buy into it more because it's like you want to see how that character develops and goes forward because it's like they're your surrogate in the show and uh yeah so well written f and i went to the secret cinema stranger things experience in london this was like maybe six months before lockdown i don't know if secret cinema is a thing in other countries is it must be i would have thought so i did a star wars one i did empire strikes back dope in london it was in secret cinema so I'm sure they exist in maybe under different names, but um, essentially they're experiences where they go and make the town or they go and make, like, what did they do for the Star Wars one? Oh, you had Tatooine was built. You had the Death Star. Yeah, like loads of stuff. It was brilliant. So cool. And they did one for Stranger Things and uh, it was from season three and they'd built the mall. I forgot what it's called. Star something mall? Star... 
star mall something and they'd built it and they have all the actors running around and then they did a big performance at the end and it was phenomenal it's really cool the whole universe of it is amazing it deserves all the credit that it's getting and yeah really excited and happy to be doing this with you dom so we can uh delve through um and, and get through stranger things so if you enjoyed it please help us out please rate review subscribe we appreciate that you can well i say you catch us on social media we're on a bit of a social media break at the moment but still go check it out where dom on instagram uh at ravens podcast on instagram um i'm on instagram as well you can find me there and simon is as well but you leave him alone for a bit <laughs> <laughs> taking i'm gone i'm gone i've gone into the upside down for a bit yeah um, exactly instagram doesn't exist in the upside down yeah exactly it's back to and my space of course so if you're listening to this primarily it's on patreon so hopefully you're already signed up but if you're not listening to this on patreon and you would like to sign up you can sign up at you do oh ravens hoops dot net why simon because strange things go through <laughs> hoops but they also go through nets there you go you've got to catch a demogorgon in a hoop or a net <laughs> <laughs> like that hopefully a net a hoop sounds like you've just you freed them as soon as they've gone through oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah excellent well this is really fun anything else to say before we vanish into the upside down no i i've enjoying this already so hopefully yeah, a lot more to come excellent how are we going to sign this off are we still doing a ravens on free should we do it the other way round? Should we say because we're because we're doing upside down? Should we say Ravens three two one? Is that too weird? Maybe, but let's just do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? I'm ready. Papa. <laughs> Ravens. Ra- on one ravens on one three Three, two two, one one ravens